You're listening to the Julian and Mario podcast. I'm Julian Gray. And I'm Mario Melchior. When we retired, finding what to do in ourselves wasn't easy. When you retire from football, you don't retire from life. And we want to discuss this, share stories, advice and chat with you, our listeners, about anything you like. We want you to get involved in our conversations. So let's get it started. Are you ready? <laughs> yes, 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 yes. We're back, we're back, we're back. Having fun, Jules. How are you, man? Daisy, how are you guys? Come on, man. I'm good, bro. I'm good. How are you, Daisy? I'm doing pretty good as well. It's quite a nice day today. It's, the sun's out, went for a nice walk this morning, so I'm feeling good, feeling fresh. Oh, and it's Valentine's Day when we're recording today. Oh! oh. For the people out there, you know, I hope you have a lovely day because we're going to have a lovely day. So, you know, I think, I think you should live Valentine. Pick the day and make it a special one for your loved one. But also remember, every day should be Valentine's Day. I agree. That's what I was just going to say. Spread the love every day. Oh, Every that's day. lovely. Don't wait for that day. That, because if some people wait for that special day, and sorry to say it, but sometimes you're too late. So make sure you do it every day. If you're waiting till that one day of the year, you're not going to be having many other days with that person, probably. No. <laughs> <laughs> so let's kick off, guys. So we're going to talk about our role models. And uh, I think um, now we're going through a period where it's very important. I think uh, for some of the younger players, especially when they come through, Sometimes it's good to hear um, what your peers did before and also the ones that you look up against because for us studios, we lived a life before and we know exactly what's happening. I remember my younger days um, coming through. Mine was more focused on football in the beginning. We always used to do have Q&As and a star player would come in and I was fortunate to have Frank Reichardt in front of me. And Frank Reichardt sat in front of the group and I was super nervous. And I was like, wow, this is like a star coming from Milan, coming to see with us. And one of my questions I never forget asking him, I said to him, can I ask you something? He said, yeah, of course. I said, what do I do if I make a mistake in the game? And, I, and my confidence drops a little bit. And it was so beautiful. That answer sticked with me for the rest of my career. He said, you know what you do? If you feel like your confidence drops a little bit, play the simple ball. Choose the simple ball first. And when that goes well again for two times, now your confidence is back, then you go again and take the risk again. This kind of things, it, it set me forward in the sense of like, how do I go forward in my life? And I feel like when you speak to people that have done it, it makes life so much easier. Us as humans, we don't like to use help. Help is, is, we know the, the word, but we don't like saying it. And it's not a bad thing. But that's why I said, like, everybody should use it. What do you feel about it, Jules, man? What is your first, what is your first role model that you met, like, in person, that you said, like, wow, this is cool? Yeah, for me, it was, like, we was young at Arsenal, and they kind of did the same thing. We had a coach, Don Howe, at the time. And he said, he, he realized how important it was for us to obviously speak to the first team players and have relationships with them, you know, because obviously we used to do jobs, do their boots and that we used to see them around the training ground all the time. But he, obviously at that time, Tony Adams and Paul Merson had off-field difficulties with gambling and alcohol and stuff like that. So he got them to come and speak to us. Like we had the mm. question and answer, they came and told us their story so obviously we're all sitting there at 16, 17 year old boys looking up to our idols, first team players and internationals at that time as well. And then 
when they're telling you the stuff that like Paul Merson's saying, like I used to just gamble, go after training and go and drink and go and put bets on even five pound, 10 pound, 15 pound, whatever, hundred pound till he, till he said, I got so bad. I nearly lost my house and then lost everything. Like wow. that's how bad it got. And then you see him, he said that to going to rehab and all of this. And you see like, he's literally tearing up when he's telling us this story, you know, mm-hmm. and it was powerful. And then same with Tony Adams. When you see Tony Adams is a legend, the club captain. Oh, and then, he, you know what I mean? You see the way they, and they're performing still with all the, what they've been through. And then he's telling you like, well, I drove myself to oblivion. This is the word he used. He says, I drunk to oblivion. And I'm like, what does that mean? That's crazy that you still remember that exact phrase that he said. Like it was so impactful for you as a kid. Oh, yeah, yeah, because, you know, I wasn't a drinker or really, but obviously it's that was a social thing. Mm. But obviously in the culture, Arsenal was a social thing also. But Tony, as I was saying, like I drank so bad. One day I crashed, I woke up and my car, I'd crashed my car into a, into a lamppost. And I, I didn't even, I don't remember what happened. I just remember waking up and I've crashed my car. Then there was another time he said, I woke up and I'm a big man, a grown man. And I've, I've woke up in a pile of wee in my bed. And I'm like, what? Like, he don't remember. He's saying, I don't remember how I got there. I just remember waking up many times and being in wee. He's like, yeah. that shows I know i got a problem. He said, when I smashed the car in the tree, he said, I knew I had a problem. And like I said, up till now, he's he's recovered and he's, he's, he's created a lot of stuff. But these things, these experiences, when they you sat there and they're telling you these life stories and you can see what they've been through. And I said, you, you look at them in Soha and you realise they're human beings. They, everybody goes through, has, has tests in their life and trouble. But it made me think to myself, you know what? I don't want to be like that. that. That lesson stuck with me. Sorry. So every time I used to go out anywhere when I was young to a club or so, I used to drive. And then mm. that way I wouldn't, because I wasn't really a drinker, but that, because I'm the kind of thing, when I want to leave, I want to leave. So I used to drive myself. Yeah, yeah, of course. I find, I'm just finding that so fascinating that they were like brave enough to kind of like bring down your kind of vision of who they are as like superstars, your like highest role model. That, and like you say, almost not human because they're such amazing yeah. people on a pedestal and they're telling you, oh no, I've had the highest highs, but I've also had the lowest lows. And like to be vulnerable with young people and especially young boys, like young men showing that you can be emotional, have these kind of like serious things and be vulnerable. Like that's such a powerful thing yeah. to give to yeah. young people, to young men. And I just think, yeah, I don't know. I feel like in football, it seems like a lot of the time there isn't space for, correct me if I'm wrong, you guys will know, but it seems like there isn't always a lot of space for vulnerability and making mistakes. Like you kind of have to be perfect and, you yes. know, do the best for the club, do all of the, you know, rather than being, I think we've spoken about this before, being an individual human that makes mistakes it's 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 a good point that you're highlighting like when i was a young boy i had one moment i was like i think i was like maybe around 12 12 13 years old and we played a game and i come off in the game and i remember was uh, johan cruyff johan cruyff is like one of the biggest legends um in dutch football and he was the coach for that game and he took me out and i looked at him and I looked at him, I swear to God, I, 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 if it was just me and him, 
I probably would have a little, you know, like a little something with him, you know, going on and probably <laughs> had a fight with him because I was so upset that he took me out. And I looked at him and it was so beautiful because he was 10 steps ahead of me uh, thinking wise. So as everybody gets out of the dressing room, he goes, because it was half time, and he said, and you wait to me. And I was like, oh, this guy, really? He's gonna, oh, I was like so upset. I said, oh, and he said to me, you're angry, right? I said, yes. He said, I understand why you're angry. He said, because I took you off. I said, yeah, why do you take me off? The game is not done, you know, and I don't feel like I'm playing bad. He said, it's not about you playing bad. Because at Ajax, they give you a, a mark in the middle of the season and at the end to see if you're gonna uh, stay on for the next season. And he came to me and he said to me, I don't need to see you play anymore. And I looked at him and I was like, what do you mean? He said, I know everything about you. He said, if you just keep on going, you're going to make it to the first team at this club. And I looked at him and I was like, I was a young boy. And him saying that to me, I was like, what the hell is that? You know, like he was like one of the role models for everybody that played at Ajax. So I was like, what do you mean? He said, don't be upset. He said, just stay calm, watch the game, come and sit next to me. You don't need to worry. Next season, you're still here. And normally, Ajax don't tell you four or five months before the end of the season. He literally told me, before five months, before the season, I already knew that I was going to be at Ajax in next season. And I looked at him and I was like, okay, everything calm down. Because hearing it from a legend like that, you understand? It was like me as a young boy, like being like 12, 13 years old. I was like, it was almost like, wow. You know, I had that wow moment. You understand? Like what people are looking for when they do something, you know, magnificent. It's like if you play a game, you go, wow, I did it today. Now, I felt like, wow, the main guy spoke to me. So that guy who said that to you, you'd looked up to him since you were a kid? Yeah, it was. It was. You definitely look up on him because he was one of the biggest stars in our country. Yeah. But it wasn't like I straight away say like he was the guy that I pick as like, wow, because I also had Maradona. And it was another one, you understand? And people will talk about Maradona, his life. I'm not talking about Maradona. I'm a footballer. I look at the footballer Maradona. I'm not talking about his life because that had nothing to do with me. I was too young to understand all that stuff. But the footballer, wow. I was like, because I used to play on the street and call myself, you know, you call yourself a name when you play against each other. I say, hey, today I'm Maradona. Hey, today I'm Cruyff. Right. I, you try to pick one of the top boys, you understand, to, to, to be. And you just play the street and you just say like, hey, Maradona, just be You were you. acting very young, Mario. This is, you know, you've been acting your whole life. <laughs> <laughs> I was that. Oh, trust me. Oh, at that time, I was acting like unbelievable. <laughs> I was on it. Oh, man. Oh, but I think my whole neighborhood was doing it. The whole neighborhood. Yeah. I was, you try to be first to pick the cool name. So if you pick, because Cruyff and Maradona were the ones that were quick, they were quickly gone, you know, at Pele. So to, try to pick something quickly. So that was it, you know. So that was my, like, my moment with the role models where the two guys, Cruyff and Rijkaard, really implemented some big things for me. Yeah, I think that was, like what we were saying, you know, that was the mark of top professionals or, people there was top human beings first and foremost to actually realize look we've been through stuff we want to pass on our experiences to the younger players and Don Howe obviously was ahead of his time thinking that it was a good thing for those players because they had adversity to come and show it to our younger players to make us realize look everything doesn't always go great for you and this can happen so he's just give and you're hearing it from first hand from 
people that you look up to, people who, like I said, role models, captain of the club. Everybody, we're human beings. Humans make mistakes, but it's how you come back from that. And obviously the club supported those two players. They, they could have got rid of them knowing what they, was, what they was going through, but they stuck by them and helped them and got, gave them the help collectively and individually to, to come through the other side, you know? And now they're still big parts of the club. And in the football world, because as I said, Tony Adams has gone on to start a charity that's still going, you know, and it's helping loads of people. As I said, those little things are big things. And that's what I'm saying to you. That was the, the culture at Arsenal. The, the senior players always looked after the younger players and kept us yeah. in line. And they was the ones that showed us the level. And if you wasn't doing it, they'll make you know you're not doing it. You know, so yeah. for me, when I was young, obviously started training with the first team. Obviously, I, I, I've said this story before. Patrick Vieira used to kick me every day and used to tell me, I'm going to kick you today. I'm going to kick you today. I'm going to, you need to get stronger. You need to get stronger. So he would do it. He was telling me why he was kicking me was to help me. I feel like I don't remember you telling us that. <laughs> oh, did I not tell you? I this? don't think so. So when we used to train with them, because obviously I was quite fast and I was skillful, but I, I was quite slim. And obviously you train with the first team is a lot more physical. So he says, you need to get stronger with being able to take tackles and take hits because that's what's going to happen yeah. because you're a dribbler. Mm. So when he wasn't on my team, he used to kick me every day. But he didn't tell me this straight away. He just used to kick me a lot. And I was thinking, why did I'm always getting kicked? And But it was also one to help me to move the ball quicker and to you realise when to do the skills and when not to because they played a different way. It's pass and move, yeah. pass and move. We pass, the, as Arsene Wenger said, the ball moves quicker than any player. So that was our, how we played. So the tempo, everything's different here. And he said, you need to get stronger because there are going to be times when you dribble and people are going to kick you. So he was, he was training me from training, kicking me in there. If I could take the kicks in training, then I can take it in a yeah. game. But he, then he started, as we got, obviously, closer and building the relationship because you're with them enough and... He started telling me, the reason I kick you is because I want you to be stronger. I'm toughening you up. And I was like, whoa. And I have a good relationship. Even now, Patrick's a good friend of mine, you know. And everybody there, as the senior players, looked after the younger ones. And they would pass on their knowledge. And, and, that, and that's, I think that's helped a lot of us coming through. And it seems like with Mario, I think that's very important that as older players, or players, even if you don't have to be older, if you've experienced you've something. You've just been in it yeah, for or a you've bit experienced longer, yeah. something. We can uh, share our experience with these younger players to know, let them know what to expect. And it's not just about football. It's life experiences we're talking about. Because as I said, we're human beings. So we're all going to go through things in a different way or similar things. But Mario, like, we could speak and he might say, oh, when I was doing this, and I'd be like, wow, like, is that what happened in that experience? And how did you... That, I might not have been in that experience right now, but maybe down the line, I might. And then I realize, remember You're what Mario to said to me. Exactly, exactly, to say, okay, when Mario, remember, he told me he went through that. And then this is what happened. And this is how he dealt with it. Or if he would have done that, maybe he might have got a different result. So you just it's just adding to experience. You don't have to directly go through what someone else has been through. But you're just using it and taking that knowledge and their experience to help you along the way because I might need that knowledge to help someone else. I might not directly, but I could use it, Mario's experience to help a younger player. There's a lot going on now in football. You understand? And it's a lot for, for younger uh, uh, players to understand what choices to make because everybody comes into a situation that they sometimes feel the peer pressure. 
that they have to belong in a group and they have to do certain things to belong. Do it what you think is right for you. And I feel like that's where we are now in, in the world where we're living now. We're living now, for example, talking about uh, this situation in social media. Social media is one of the key things, and I feel like young, uh, younger players are jumping into it. And I think it's a great thing that they have it. Why they have it? Because they have the possibility now to speak out and say what they think and do and show people what they do. But you can also use it in the wrong way. And that's why we talk about uh, Zuma, for example. Mm. When his brother came in and filmed him, and they got themselves in a little bit, in a little bit, a big trouble. And it's sad. The only thing now I feel like they've left them in the open to be hit by everybody. And I feel like Zuma now is in that situation where they waited and the the judgment, okay, you had to do the payment, you had to do the stuff. And of course, when you talk about the animal, I'm an animal lover. And Jules, you are definitely an animal lover too. And you were before me. I wasn't as much of an animal lover as Jules is. But trust me now, I can qualify myself close to Jules. Because, you know, I, I, I don't understand why you would not love an animal. That's my reason now. But what do you feel about that situation, you know, that is going on now with, with Zuma? Because I feel it's sad and I feel like he needs help and they need to make a decision to make sure they, they help him out better than they, they're doing it now instead of attacking him. Yeah, I agree. Like, again, going back to what I said, we're human, human error. We make mistakes and he's made mm -hmm. a massive mistake. But for, for whatever reason, he thinks and he's brother or whoever it was filming it they thought it was funny and whatever we, a conversation needs to be had with them to ask them why do you think this is normal this isn't normal and explain why it's not normal and why people are mm -hmm. in uproar about it that's what needs to happen and then give him some support to say how can we work with you to make you not make this make mistake again do you know what i'm saying to you he's obviously a football player so it's even more highlighted he's on x amount of money so that's even more highlighted yeah so people <laughs> always bring these things to the table and it's irrelevant like we said when there's people that are for racism and all of these other they don't get punished as much as he done people are saying he should lose his job and he, no one's ever been fined that amount that amount of money what he was fined really and it's yes. wrong what he's done i'm not disputing that that's wrong because with me wrong is wrong and right is right but at the same time it's been heightened now because of He's a footballer. If he was a normal person, it wouldn't be like that. And as I said, there's other footballers that's done wrong and never been punished to the same level that he's been punished. And that's because it's on social media. It's because... And also, like, the pretty... I'm going to say it, it's, like, pretty fucked up that if someone... I, and I completely agree, everything that he's done is really wrong. It's, like, wrong and there's no way other way of looking at it. But like you say, if someone's done something racist... Um, yeah. and done something that's like overtly racist to anyone, like, and they're a player. Why are we caring more about this animal that is being in? Obviously, like these things, like you can't look at an animal and say that I care more about this than you do an actual human being. Do, do you know what I'm saying? They like, be on I, the same, you have to be on the same level. That should achieve the same level. I, Both of those 100%. things are wrong. Both of those things are completely wrong. And I'm not, I feel like what I'm saying isn't coming out right, but I think you know what I no, mean. No, I know. Like, yeah, no, I understand. Yeah. That's what I'm saying to you. The levels of how it's been treated for the crime is not in line with someone who's been racist 
it's, it's that's lesser crime. Why aren't you they being as exactly pun punished, punished in the same way and being dealt yeah. with exactly the same way? If not, as you said, like I said, wrong is wrong and right is right. And even still, yeah. there's a punishment. But then even if it was someone being racist, they need help and they need to understand why it's racist. Definitely. So we need education is a part of whatever. It doesn't matter who you are. That's the key for the whole situation here, isn't it? Exactly. Whatever you whatever you do, and we all make mistakes. But if we're not educated on why it's why it's wrong, how are you gonna learn from your mistakes? And you can't just scold somebody and not support them. No, because I think it makes you more liable to end up making those mistakes again. That's what I if you're if you're being told you're wrong, it makes you kind of more intolerant. Like you become more aggressive in the views you that you had make more before. Of a stand. Yeah, because you're standing up for yourself because you're like, why are you saying I'm a bad person? If you don't understand why you're being a bad person, you're going to defend yourself more because you're trying to protect yourself. It makes sense. Like, yeah, I understand so why people do that. But yeah, you've got to learn. be on the receiving end of that fine now and say, well, I've been fined 250 grand. Yeah. Been, obviously, yeah. I, I, I didn't play the other day. I've lost my place. There's people saying I should lose my job and all of that. But then there's people that have been racist and not think so then he might think well in his mind i didn't do that that wasn't that bad so everyone's wrong and i'm right even yeah. though i've made a mistake all he can see yeah is all the things that he's lost in that situation instead of it yeah. being a conversation saying look this is wrong what you've done these are this is why it's wrong and can you see where people are coming from why there's a backlash and understand his perspective. That might be normal to him for whatever reason. That doesn't mean, that's, that's what I say to people, everybody's upbringing or what, you're, what is normal in your life is not normal in my life because we're not living the same life. So you, you, until you understand someone's perspective of their life and what they think is normal, you can't make a judgment. It's easy for us to say, we know wrong is wrong and right is right. That's not what I'm saying. But to understand why they chose to do what they did the only way you're going to know that is by having a conversation with them. We don't know what David Moyes or West Ham have said to Zuma, what his response was. None of us have been privy to that. But people are just jumping on their high horse and saying he should lose his job. He's how? If you was in, if you was on the receiving end and you did that, would you expect people to behave that way? Would you want some people to try to understand where you're coming from? Whether we agree with it or not is two different things. Yeah. You need yes. to understand the context of why somebody chose to do what they've done. If he's remorseful, which he seems from what I'm hearing he is, then we need to educate him and help him. We can't just keep punishing him, punishing him, putting him down. How is that helping anybody? That's not helping society. And then also other people now are seeing this and say a younger player makes a mistake he's going to be thinking well how am i going to get dealt with do you see what i'm saying to you this is what we failed to understand yeah. that there's a knock-on effect because younger players and younger people in yeah. society when they see someone's being punished a certain way which is the punishment is for the crime but then yeah. there's extra things that's happening the way they're being ostracized and being treated they're going to think well if i make that mistake how am i going to be treated there's nuance to everything and people need to learn like we're learning from this situation. Maybe there's people who didn't even think what he was doing was that bad, but now they're seeing the repercussions. They're like, oh, maybe now I can see that that's a bad thing as well. And we need to help him. And if they heard from Zuma, for instance, he said, I just thought it was a bit of fun with my brother, blah, blah, blah. And uh -huh. I didn't even think, if you hear what he's got to say, 
you, as I said, you still might not going to agree, but you might think, you know what? Okay, I can see where he's coming from. It might give people a bit more, um, what's the right word? Empathy. Understanding. And empathy to him because they've heard it. But because he's been, had to be shut down, he's had to be shut down and now ostracized that you're the, you're the worst human being in the world. So he's gone into hiding. He's thinking, oh my God, what? I don't even want to see people. So what, how are we helping people? And that's what I'm saying to you. you we talk about people are going to make mistakes. Everybody mm -hmm. makes mistakes. And that's the thing. It's, it's, it's how we learn from them and how we are helped through that mistake. And that's what I'm saying. If we're talking about footballers, for instance, young players now, they need to know that they're going to make mistakes, but we're going to still support you. And yeah. you're going you're gonna to get punished because that's everything. There's a consequence. So this is the consequence, but I'm still going to support you and try to educate you and e explain and help you grow and develop. Because along the way, if, 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 if they do it, if this early in their career and they do that and we cast them aside, but then we still got them on this pedestal that we're forgetting they're young players now. Some of them coming into the first team, getting a lot of money, which this is what people always think about the money aspect. Forget that. But they have to grow up very fast. And now they're on this pedestal by the fans, by the club. All of this extra pressure... It's impossible. How, how do you expect these young players to deal with that? If we don't, as older pros and people who have got experience in the clubs, to take them and sit with them and educate them and show them, like I said, what Tony Adams did, what Merson did, what Rijkaard did to Mario. If we don't do that more, we're part of the problem, as far as I'm concerned, because that's what we should be doing, sharing our experiences with these young players to help them. Like I said, Mario's going to say about the help thing. Not every young player is going to have the confidence to come up to say it was me and Mario in the changing room in that team with them and they come and say Mario Jules um I'm having this problem or this is what I'm thinking or how did you deal with this how did you I'm not so certain things we know they're not going to come but there's things that we're all going to experience the pressures of dealing with fame fans obviously now as we're saying they're role models understanding that you're a role model people are watching everything you do and social Everything. media, you have to be... So we need to educate them and make them aware that certain things, you, you, can't, you shouldn't really be doing that or don't do it. If we, you can see, you've been in change rooms, Mario, and you can see young players acting out a certain way and certain behaviours they're, they're portraying when you might have to pull them in and say, listen, stop that. We did it with a player. Do you remember? He's yeah. wearing his trousers, low, not going to name his name. Yeah. And we said to him, listen, you can't really be doing that because... It doesn't, it's not promoting the right image. People are going to look at, we understand, we know where you come because we're the same. We come from, we understand, that's the style. But people are watching you now. You just have to, not saying don't do it, but just maybe don't wear it so low. Or pick and shoot. Do you understand? You have to understand that everybody's watching everything you do. We had a question in from Steve in Liverpool. And he wanted to ask about your guys' time at Birmingham and how you met, how you found it there. And also, I don't think I really know. So I'm really interested and I'm looking forward to hearing it. It's, it's actually funny, you know, when you get to a new club, you always sit there and you be quiet, right? Because that's your first move. It's all, the, all those egos and the testosterone that is bouncing in the dressing room. All men have it. You understand? We got to lie about it. But you always find your own people. Always find your own people. It does not matter. And from those people, you allow more. It just happens. So I happen to be the vice captain, right? And I see Jules and we end up 
talking to each other, but also because of the way he plays. I am always been been um, uh, in awe by players that are technically very gifted and and have a good skill. And I was fortunate to see Jules have all that. So I was like, wow, that's cool. And that I think for me, I'm be honest, my friendship kicked off because of you know that was one of the key things because you see them as a player, you don't know them as a person yet. You know about them, but not enough. You got to know the person. So the player, and then later on, I picked up as a human being. And then we started going for lunches. And, you know, like, I come to his place. He comes to mine. You know, like, you build the, the connection then. Sometimes people ask yourself about friendship. Friendship does not work when you have to call the human being every minute of the day. Mm-hmm. Or every mm-hmm. day you got to call. No. Friendship is there. If you have a good relationship with someone, it does not matter. And then, you know, like, this is the journey that we live playing together at Birmingham it was just two boys with a big dream and they happened to meet each other and then talk along and that's my experience and Jules I don't know how you felt it like it went yeah for me it's when I first obviously I'm, I was a new player so moving to a new city then obviously Mario was a new signing Emil was a new signing so it was the new boys, literally, if that made sense. So you kind of, the new boys always gravitate together because you're new and you're trying yeah. to find your feet and fit in and get into this new environment. Obviously, I knew Clint and I knew a couple of players from before. But as I said, we was all the new boys. So it's like the new boys, you stick together. And then, yeah. as I said, Mario played for Chelsea. So he's come from London. He knew the same city as me. And you know what I mean? Obviously, I was being at Arsenal, so I knew who he was as a player, like you said, and you admire players, there's players that you admire and then now they're your teammates and you're like, whoa, and then you, you slowly, as I said, because you're new, you, you gravitate to each other and you start speaking and then we we realised we had a lot in common. So, and then they said, you st- you spending more time together, we're helping each other out because we're new to the city, so we're figuring things out, we're going to eat together, as we said, obviously by that time, I had a place, him and Emil were still living in the hotel, but I had already bought my house because I knew I was coming here so that was one of the first things I wanted to get sorted out I didn't want to live in a hotel so I said you guys look come and spend time with me at my home and you know what I mean because I know I've lived a hotel life it's not very nice it sounds luxurious but it's I don't imagine no of course when you've been you travel for the whole of your life and you spend every hotel is just a different room it's just just a room but it's a different building a different city but it's still a room and you so you're, you're restricted it's not like being at home so as I said and then the more I got to know them, both of them, obviously, they're family orientated, just like me, He's close to his mum and his sister, just like me. So we had so many things in common. So that's why the relationship started to build from there. And then, as I said, we go through certain things, playing in a team with somebody, the highs, the lows, all of this and this. But as I said, it's the person's character. As I said, first and foremost, he's a good human being. And that's the thing that keeps the connection as i said whether it's five years ten years with the connection will always be there same with emil i don't speak to emil all the time but i still have a good connection same with clinton same with that's yeah. part there's there's mm-hmm. people i could knew numerous players that i've experienced and that i know that i'm close with still and if i picked up the phone it's like we just spoke yesterday you know so you have that bond with people because they're human beings first and foremost and they're good human beings this is for me, what was important, as I said, for, as I said with Mario, it's always been like that, you know. In playing football, as I said, you meet a lot of people. 
but and there's not a lot of people you can say are oh, they're my true friends because mm. in this game it's everybody's about it's, it's a selfish thing and if that makes sense without being it's the truth you have to think about yourself and do the best for you but you can meet some good people along the way and that's what it's been like i said and we've been good friends and we're all on a journey if that makes sense but our journeys are so different because you've heard on our on the podcast like how it started for him how it started for me along the way and into where we get to now it's a journey but it's all different but it's a learning and this is the thing why we've done this podcast because we want to share our experience and we feel this is important for society that we we should share our experiences more with everybody it doesn't matter what field you're in because we're all humans we're all on we're all experiencing things daily in our lives that could be helpful to somebody else yeah i i you know what what you what you said Jules. it's very important also i think i don't think it's only in football i think it's in life i think the the best the best people that you can call friends is the ones that you can be honest to if you cannot be honest he's not your friend the ones that are really called friends is like your family they'll tell you honestly if you're wrong and if you're right. And in football, it's the same thing. If, if When I came to, to Birmingham, one of the things that touched me really deeply was, um, I never forget the game that I played in Birmingham. And um, uh, I made a mistake. And I remember the crowd turning on me. And I, I was suffering, you know. It was, it was really hard, you know. When you, when you first, your own crowd goes against you. It was one of the I've never experienced it before, and it never happened afterwards. But that moment, I was like, "Wow, man!" It was like incredible because at one point I was the most loved player in the team. I would come on the field, and the whole stadium would stand up just to clap, and I walked to that side, and they'll get up and you know clap for me. And the next thing you know. I made a mistake and they turned against me so quickly and I never forget coming into the dressing room. People will go like, yeah, what does it matter? But let me tell you something. If you hear like, what is it? I was at that time, what, 26 maybe? And I hear maybe 25,000 people are against you. Well, those were the people that loved you. They were cheering for you before and then they turned against you. I, I, my heart was pulled out of my body and I never forget, Jules were one of the people that came to me and said, don't worry, keep going, brother. And that's why, you know, I never had the moment to say thank you. And I say it now. Thank you, brother, for standing by me because I was suffering. And I'm not going to lie. It hurt me so badly. I went home. It was probably one of the hardest times of my life as a footballer to feel that in your body and you feel the stadium go against you. And people will say to us like, oh, you got the money, you got the this, you got the that. But let me ask you something. Imagine you walk into a place and there are 20 people. And I'm calling 20 people. Eh? I'm not calling 20,000. 20 people, I'm saying. They're all against you. And that is the company that you walk into. And they are normally the company, whatever you call that company. They all 20s are normally very happy that you come. That you came and they are like, oh, good to see you, great. And, uh, and then the next, after five months, the same 20 people, they now go against you and say like, oh, we should not have him. He's disgusting. He's terrible. He, we shouldn't have. I had that moment. But then 20 to 25,000 people all against me. And I was gone as a human being and as a player. The only thing I had is like the people that stood by you that's why Jules was one of them, and my family. 
And that made me who I am today because that's why I look back at that. It was the experience that I needed because I needed to understand how people could change really quickly and how you should handle it. The thing is, I experienced that at Palace. So that's why I knew what it felt. So I used my experience to support Mario because I had the same thing. I wanted to leave Palace, which I've spoke about before because I felt it was mm -hmm. a part of my career. But obviously the chairman spoke bad about me in the press and made the fans turn on me. So it was mm -hmm. the same for me. I was going to games because I wasn't playing. I'm sitting in the in the stands with the fans and they're saying horrible things to me and I'm in the, I'm in the stands with them. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I've, and I had to deal with that. And then when I made my when I came back to play eventually, the same thing they was booing me when they called out my name on the team sheet. They booed me, the whole stadium, my own supporters in my own stadium. And then 10 15 minutes later, they're, they're cheering my name because I'm doing so on the team because the team was struggling at the time. And then I became a hero because we got promoted to the Premier League. But I'm saying it's short. People forget that I'm a human yeah. being first and foremost. And I have feelings. Yes, it's football and I'm doing this my job. But they don't understand what it's like because that there's pressure and all of these other things, which as I said, as a footballer, you just want to play football. You're not not yeah. interested in the in the fame and all of that. that that's part of it. It comes, it's part of the territory. But we don't ask for it. So that's what I'm saying to you. If we don't speak and express our experiences to others who's on the journey, then how are they going to know what to expect and how to deal with that? And as I said, because I experienced that, I knew what Mario was feeling because I had been through it. And I didn't have nobody really to say to me, Jules, don't worry about it or it's okay. I just had to deal with it. Yeah. And you knew but, it would mm -hmm. be okay eventually because you Exactly, because it I experienced before. So just me being and telling him, look, just... Don't worry, it's okay. You're, you're still a good player. Whatever I said to him at the time, that's all yeah. it takes to just have someone supporting you. He knows he's made a mistake when in the game. We all know yeah. when you make a mistake. We don't need the crowd to You know to it better up, than anyone else, really. Exactly. Yeah. We understand they, can, they get frustrated and whatever. We, but the fact that it's forgotten that we're human beings and we have feelings, this is what I think people fail to understand. Everyone makes mistakes, but they are human beings. They have feelings also. So now, the, yes, they, sometimes you deserve people's reaction because action causes a reaction. Yeah. But then, once that reaction, like we said, you, is died down, how do we move forward? How do we progress to help somebody, to educate? Mm -hmm. Whether it's the fans, whether it's the player, whatever the case may be, we need to educate people and have open dialogue. It's, 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 so, it's so true. You know, coming into a city, you know, at Birmingham was one of the cities when I arrived. I, you know, like, I rarely had to pay when I went out. People were paying for me. Like, fans would come to me and say, like, Mary, you don't pay. And then one day, it just turns on you. That is the opposite of that. And you're like, wow. So that's why, Jules, it's so right. But I think it was a great lesson for me. It was a great lesson to learn and to, I've never really, you know, like, open up, like, my feelings, what I felt. Um, till today but it, it, it you know like it was a good lesson it was a good lesson for me because it really woke me up and understood gave me more understanding of uh, how the world of football can be and some people will say like um, it doesn't matter yeah it does matter if you like if people whistle that you play against ah that's nothing I don't care about that that's that's nothing but the people that you play for mm. And when they loved you first, and then in one second, I slipped there. Eh? I slipped, and they uh, got the throw in, boom, and they scored a goal. 
And that moment, they turn again. Well, mistakes were made all over the games, you understand, when we were playing. And some people were not even performing sometimes. And I was like, guys, really? I need everything to make this work for this team. And then you guys turn on me and I said, like, okay, cool. So that's why you don't want to hurt people that, that do love you, but you felt like it was almost like a, a domino effect that some start following each other. And that is sometimes the saddest thing. That happens with everything that we talked about. Be careful that you don't follow the sheep, because the sheep, they always follow each other. Don't become a sheep, because then you might as well just like, you hear people like, <laughs> I remember years ago, I watched a movie, you understand, and, and one of the actors said that. He said, what are you? Are you a human or a sheep? <laughs> you understand, a sheep. Are you going to make sound like a sheep and follow each other? Or are you going to be a human being and stand up for yourself? So that's why. But anyway, hey, guys, I think um, we come to the end. I think this was uh, one of the great moments. Thank you for allowing me to open up my heart, man. And it was a great question from you, Daisy. And it was good telling Julius, you know, thank you very much, man, for standing by me in, in that difficult moment of my of my football career. So that's why I'm grateful, brother. You understand? And I think if I didn't, I'm sure I said it already before, but now I say it again. Thank you. That moment was the reality kicked in and you really saw the people that it was the, the key thing is when someone means something you know it that's why i say thank you no i'm i'm glad i was there to help bro and i didn't even know that i did that like i can't remember as i said for me it's just hearing it brings back the emotions of as i said what i went through so it for me and even if i didn't i still would have supported you because i know as I said, when we're out there, no one wants to make a mistake. Do you know what I'm saying to you? So it's just, and we win and we lose together. So we support each other through thick and thin. That's how yes. I see it. And I said, my, the thing I'd like to finish on is this, that I think we need to be more like people, young people, or people in general. We just need to ask people about their experience. We just need to communicate better with people to find out their experience. And don't be afraid if you're a footballer, young, old, to speak to sometimes yeah. we can learn from the youngsters too what are you experiencing oh, oh can you tell yeah. me about that can you tell me we just need to ask questions and speak because that's how we're going to learn and build the the gap between what we see as different and what is acceptable and what isn't acceptable that's this is just the only way we're going to do it so i just think you know that's what i'd like to finish on that just ask more questions and as mario said we all need help whether if you don't want to use the word help we all need support whatever you want to call it that's what i think and don't no one no one can go through life without it thank you for listening to the julian and mario podcast if you like what you heard don't forget to share subscribe rate and review us we also want to hear from you you can contact us on twitter at julian mario underscore pod or email us at julian and mario pod at gmail.com Send us your thoughts, feedback or suggestions for anything you want us to discuss on the show. Voice notes are welcome too. You may even be featured on our show. The Julian and Mario podcast is produced and edited by Daisy Grant.